All throughout school, I thought I hated science. It's funny to think about it now. My last year teaching, I was a science teacher. I loved it. But when I was a student, it didn't click for me until my senior year in high school. Up until then, science was just a subject that I didn't fit in. I didn't grasp the content that easily. Everyone else around me seemed to get something that I didn't. And so I disconnected. I got frustrated. And until my senior year, I had thought it was something I never wanted to do again. Senior year in high school, we took electives. It was commonplace that one of the easiest electives was ecology and biology. It was taught by this amazing teacher, Mr. T, and you did a lot of field trips. So when it came time to pick my elective, I picked it, not because I cared so much about science. I just wanted to go on a lot of field trips. And something happened that year. I was surrounded by kids like me that didn't quite get science right away, but we were certainly in a different space. The experience was different. We went from wanting to just go on field trips to wanting to learn what Mr. T was teaching. And throughout our entire experience, we felt so connected to each other in our lack of understanding of science and then ultimately our total understanding of the world around us. That class changed me. I finally felt at home. Not only did I feel connected to the people in the class, but I finally felt good at it. And I wondered if that had been the case for the past 11 years in all of my experience with science, if I was surrounded by students that were like me, that were learning together with me, that we built each other up instead of broken each other down, if my opinion of the subject would have changed. Today on Faculty Room, we're gonna meet a teacher named Ira Cross. He's a young teacher, 29 years old. He's been teaching for six years. His energy is infectious. But teaching wasn't something that clicked for him year one, not even year two or year three. In fact, Ira tried to find his way through the profession and ultimately wound up leaving it, only to come back a year later and finally felt like he found a home. Join us today as we talk to Ira about his struggles in teaching, his triumphs, and everything in between. This is Faculty Room. Okay, welcome back to Faculty Room. I am here with my friend Ira Cross. Ira and I met pretty much how I meet everybody on Twitter. Um, I don't remember if I reached out to him or he reached out to me, but either way, I am so grateful that we connected. So Ira, it is your turn to tell us a little bit about you teaching in terms of 
how you got into teaching or how teaching became something um, of a career choice for you? Man, um, well, first of all, thank you for that great intro. <laughs> I feel so, like, sophisticated now. Oh, and you're so um, loved. <laughs> I try. But, um, <laughs> no, I got into teaching um, really because, I mean, it, it wasn't, it's, I mean, like, there's a few people in my family that are teachers, mm-hmm. but uh, it just came from this love of wanting to make people better than they already were in their lives. Um, it just, I mean, and I felt like teaching was, I guess, the easiest way to do that or, no, a better way to say it is that it, it made the most sense. Right. Um, because there's other ways to do that, but it just makes the most sense in, to, to, dive, to dive in that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much why I jumped in. In college, when you were in college, what, did you go into college thinking, I'm going to teach? Or did something happen in college where you thought, I think I'm going to go towards this career? No, I mean, it's actually funny, kind of a bit of both. So yeah. I got into, uh, I went into college knowing I want to teach, I want to teach. But I went in thinking I'm going to teach secondary history, coach mm-hmm. football, all those different sports. And it ended up shifting for me when I took like one class that made me do an observation with like, you know, younger kids. And I switched that to elementary from then on. And yeah, it, it was a great fit. It, well, it is a great fit, rather. So. All right. So tell us a little bit about your teaching career. How long have you been teaching? So I've been teaching um, for five years uh, on okay. and off going into year six this coming this coming school year. And I'm excited about it, but I uh, know I've been teaching for five years and it's, it's been a great journey. And I say that because it's been imperfect. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my first year I was teaching in a suburban school in the Columbus area. And I should say that I'm from Columbus. Uh-huh. Uh, well, from Youngstown, Ohio, live in Columbus, been in Ohio my entire life in my teaching career. Um, but I started in a suburban school and it was a great experience because it taught me a lot. I mean, I had parents and, te- and, and students that, loved being around me and loved my style of education uh, and teaching. And then I had some other teachers that were supportive, but all in all, I felt like uh, an outcast. And that's not to say that they disliked me or anything like that. I just felt like an outlier. And I've always often felt that way, but it felt like it was a negative at that point. So, so talk about that. Like what, was it about your teaching style that you felt like an outcast? I think it was a, a mixture of a few things. Like one, I was the new kid on the block. Yeah. Um, and I've found that in most educational institutions, there's cliques, um, yeah. which is crappy, but you know, cause you, I do my best to teach my students not to do that. And then I turn around and I'm like, you're doing it. Uh, uh. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're the shittiest at it. Too. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you? So, I mean, and I got into this group, I got in with this, um, this staff, but there were, I mean, for lack of just being nice about it, they were just a bunch of pretty blonde women. They were, which is great. Like, yeah. That was awesome. But I'm not a pretty blonde woman. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I really fit that mold. And I think, that, I mean, I had a mentor who, um, as my grandma would say, God bless her soul. She tried to mentor me. And yeah. I don't know, it just didn't fit. And that's, I mean, that's a whole different gamut that I can go into with mentorship. But um, yes. I mean, I went to, that was a public school. Then I went to um, a charter school, which wasn't a bad fit. And because it was a charter school, it was a bad fit because um, disciplinary things that happened uh, didn't happen the way they should have. Now, I mean, I'm all for giving students multiple chances, but I was hit in the face. I was kicked with things. Different things happened like that. And yeah. so, um, you know, I'm like, okay, there's got to be some consequence. Our consequence for that at the time was, you know, you do X, Y, or Z then you get suspended from school, which isn't the greatest solution. But if that's our right. solution, then let's stick with that and, and do that until we figure something out. And that didn't always happen. It was very inconsistent. So it gave the kids an inconsistent representation of what we view discipline as. So they got to do kind of whatever. Um, 
Then I went to a private school, which was which is a great school, I and mean, I still have great connections there and good people there. It just didn't work out. Um, but they were, you know, it's a totally different school from that, you know, from both the suburban school and also the charter school. In yeah. that it's it's a very expensive school to go to. It's an upper echelon type of school. Um, I coached there. Uh, I taught there, and it was a great experience. But all in all, like, they really weren't sure what to do with me. And I'm like, it got to a point of indecision where I'm like, well, I'm going to make another move because yeah. I don't know what you guys want from me, and I don't want to be stuck. And you're like, well, it's the middle of summer. We don't know what we want to do with you. We're just going to say cut our losses. I was like, well, let me cut mine and make the decision for you. And right. kind of right. happened, um, which is crappy. But, you know, I, I had to make the move that I felt was best for me. And then I went to another charter school where I am currently and have been for a couple years now. So let me ask you this. I mean, the first, you know, they always talk about new teachers. Yeah. Um, in the first five years, is kind <laughs> of that, like, you're either going to stay with this or it's not for you. Right. And for a teacher like you, that it sounds like you're jumping from school to school to school. Yeah. Did you have that moment where you're like, I can't do this job anymore? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't even a moment. It was a year where I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done with teaching. Um it was actually, and what led to that in that year? What led to that buildup? So that buildup, I mean, it was, um, it was, it was the hopping, and it wasn't yeah. because I was like, well, I have to do hop, hop, you know, hop around because teachers do that sometimes. It right. happens, but for me, it was just like, why can't I find this place that is home? For essentially, everybody wants a home, um, and I, I really wasn't finding that. And I found every place that I went, there was some major issue and it wasn't something where like oh you know i'll get over this in a couple you know a year or two or whatever it was just that glaring thing that wouldn't go away and i mean i really feel like i found a home where i am now just because i have the ability and the flexibility to do some different things but in that year that i spent away from teaching i was i was an executive recruiter for for um finance positions which was not horrible i just wasn't good at it i'll be flat away with you (laughs) I just wasn't good. I mean, I, yes. I didn't believe in the product, I guess, to, to be honest. Like, hey, I'm going to get you this job. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to believe that. Yeah, it's, Headhunting <laughs> was my first job out of college. And, yeah, it's brutal. And especially when you're young and you're yeah. trying to recruit and find people mm-hmm. that do a job that you don't understand how yep. to, I don't, I didn't even understand half the acronyms I was selling. Yes. So yes. yeah, that's, especially when you're young, that's a, that's a hard job to have. I've had it. Yes, absolutely. So, Let's think about where you're, so you're at a charter school now. Yes. And I want to get into, because I know you love your job right now. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into the why, why now is it an ideal place before I jump into the charter school aspect (laughs) of, because that is a, that is a hot topic right now when you think about charter schools and public schools. And so I want to talk about first, why is where you are now good for you? So I mean, there's, there's a few different reasons. One, like, I, like I kind of, I don't want to say I even alluded to it. Like I said earlier, I feel like I'm a part of, you know, I, I have a home. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm part of a family and that family doesn't come without, you know, imperfections. It, it's there. We, yep. we discuss things. We have, um, good confrontation. Um, the principal that I work with right now, she's awesome. She, she I don't want to say she lets me do whatever I want to, but she pretty much almost does because she trusts me and she, trusts she, you. Yeah. she knows that I'm going to do everything that I'm doing, no matter how crazy it sounds, is to make my students have a better experience and to give them um, an edge that they may not have elsewhere. And I've never had that. I've never even thought that I was going to have that to be open with. I thought I was going to have to change my entire personality to be able mm-hmm. to fit some stuff. And that's another reason why I love teaching. I'm like, I can't 
change my personality. I'm a wild, outgoing person that's going to say what's on his mind most of the time, um, which is hard for people to like accept and take in. So, yeah, uh, but it, it's, it's good in those aspects. I have a really challenging group of students, which they always push me to have to make myself better. Um, yeah. I can't sit back on my laurels and assume that, OK, they're going to understand this material. I have to think like, OK, here's the material. How do I present it so they can get it and make yeah. it fun? It's sometimes it's kind of a shit show. Like, it's really yeah. like, uh, I think this is going to work. And then I do it and I'm like, oh, that was great. Or I'm like, wow, that was way harder than I thought it was going to be. And it didn't work. So we got to go back to square one and start all over again. Um, but I love it because the challenge that's in front of me isn't for me. It's for my students. Right. So let's talk about this for a second. You talked about working in that first school with mm-hmm. the pretty blonde women. <laughs> yeah. What's the demographic like teaching wise at the charter school you're at now? So students wise, I'll talk about students and teachers. Yeah. So students wise demographic is um, mostly African-American students. Um, I mean, I had a couple of students that were um, mixed with either, um, you know, some Caucasian, but still African-American, some students that were mixed with some, um, you know, uh, Latino, Latina, um, yeah. But I mean, I had in our school, I, we have one Asian child and we had, I think, maybe four or five Caucasian students, I want to say, like not very many okay. teachers. Um, we have um, and we, we just lost somebody who was great because she she went to a way better school for her. Um, right. But she was um, a white woman. And then we have another woman who's on the eighth grade level because we're, we're K through eight on the eighth grade. I think she actually works all middle school, but she's a white woman, too. Other than that, we're all black. Which is, yeah. which is awesome for our students because our staff represents and reflects what our students look like. Absolutely, yeah. Which is great. And then how is that for you as a young black man coming mm-hmm. up in this profession, which, you know, and right now when we look at percentages-wise, that's the smallest percentage of teachers oh, that yeah. we have and, and such an important part for all students. Data <laughs> yeah. shows all students can benefit. Um, yeah. Even you growing up in Ohio, how many black teachers did you have growing up? Um, I had Mr. Salee, and he was in high school, and I didn't even have him. I had him as a track coach, but he coached oh. math. I actually had his wife, um, and his wife was um, a white woman, so it was just interesting in that way. I had, um, I had other female teachers that were black that right. have a huge impact on me, but as far as black men, he was it. And I, like I said, I didn't even actually have him for any actual classes. Um, there were other teachers that I knew that were black in other schools that, you know, I just being in Youngstown, Youngstown's a big city, but it really isn't. Yeah. So I did have that influence from those, those men as well. Um, but I, I mean, kind of going back to where I am now in the comfort level, it, like I said, it feels like a family, like I'm surrounded by aunties essentially, mm-hmm. but there's a few men that like, I'm the only male that's on the elementary school level, um, which is also like you were saying, it's rare. Uh, yeah. So when they when they wanted me, when I let them know, hey, I'm coming back into teaching, they were open arms and excited about it. Um, and they wanted me back for that reason, but also for the fact that the energy that I bring in my classroom, which, again, is also rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Why charter school and not public school? They wanted me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be totally frank, they wanted me. And every time I I mean, it's it, like I like, you know, like you've said, I, I live in Columbus. I teach in Columbus. Columbus City, Columbus Public is a really big district. I mean, and that's for any big school um, or any big city, rather. They're going to have a big school district in that city. So I applied to Columbus Public like 
every year that I ever applied for a teaching position and never heard anything back. Like it wasn't even like I got an interview and didn't get the job. I never heard anything back. Um, wow. I applied to, you know, other school districts around the city and Columbus has a lot of school districts and I'm not saying I applied to all of them, but I applied to a decent number throughout these years that I've been teaching. And sometimes I wouldn't even get a call back. And if I did get a call back, I wouldn't get an interview. And I'm just like, what are you looking for? Like statistic proof that you should be hiring me. Like you're, right. I, sh- I should be waiting for you to call me and you haven't, <laughs> and that doesn't, and that hasn't happened, which, yeah. um, I mean, no, no cockiness intended, but what are they thinking? You know, is, right. is always my thought. So it's, it, and sometimes I'm also thinking like, you know, maybe it's not where I'm supposed to be, where I am right now is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I make the best of it, making it that simple. Where I am is where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to look forward when I need to. And right now isn't that time. Let me ask you this about Ohio. Is it a right to work state? Do you guys have unions, tenure, things like that? We do in public oh. school systems. In Got charter, it. that's not how it works. Um, I mean, we band together and discuss things as a teaching staff, and we collectively put our thoughts out there. But as a, we don't really, we don't work as a union. We don't have that power. Public okay. schools do, though. Right. So let me ask you this: Given the situation right now and the and the class that you're in, the school environment right now, do you see yourself staying in this job for twenty years? In teaching for twenty years, in education for twenty years, absolutely. Yeah. Um, probably more with my stubborn self and how I love to work and get after stuff. Yeah. Um, but in this specific school, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, um, I, I can't say yes or no because I don't know the state of, I mean, I know the state of this school, but I don't know the state of the school in 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and with it being in charter, things can flux. With it being a public school, you know, things can change yep. and, and switch up on you. So in education, yes. In this specific school, yes. In this city, hopefully. I love this place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, in terms of um, being a teacher now and the work that you have now and, uh, and seeing the, the teaching across Twitter, so you have access to teachers yeah. all over, what oh, do yeah. you think is one of the biggest issues in ed- education today? Um, focus. Uh, mm-hmm. The focus on education is, I think, is the biggest issue. People have the wrong focus. Yeah. Um, to me, the focus has always been my students, the kids. Yeah. And I feel like most of the time people don't have that as the focus. People focus on themselves. And I'm like, well, why are you? That doesn't make sense. Like, what are you doing? To, you know, you're, I take breaks because I need to be able to recharge and come back for my students. I, you know, I work out five in the morning so I'm ready to go so that I'm able to be, like, mentally focused for my students. Right. You know what I mean? I, I take long, a long time to go over different details and whatever for my students. So I, I've never understood not focusing on the kids. Yeah. doesn't uh, matter to me. I agree. I think that's great. Anything that you're doing this summer to, I hate saying the word better yourself because I mean, <laughs> when I was a teacher, all those 10 years in the summer, I took off and I sure. took my kids to, I mean, I, I, I'm a mom too. So I took my yeah. kids to the beach and I did that. I, I checked out. And I read books that were for me and I read books by the pool and things like that. But I did things for me. Um, But I know a lot of teachers that do PD over the summer or read educational Mm -hmm. books and things like that. Tell me what your summer looks like. I know you're coming to the city, so I'm I'm, super excited. I'm coming to the city, yes, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, 
No, I and I, I totally agree with you that you need to like like I was just saying, everything that I'm doing for myself is really doing it for my students. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have to kind of check myself on that. Like and part of that is taking a rest. Yeah. So over this over this summer, I've been reading various things mm-hmm. that are educational, that are for me, that are for leadership, because I'm a huge leadership proponent. Like I love just that aspect of learning more about how to lead other people, because for yeah. me, leadership is service of others. So service for others rather. Yeah. Um, but I'm chilling. I mean, I'm working out a lot more because I love to work out. That's just a me thing. Like, and I know you're doing like coaching out, and doing that. I'm with doing, some kids. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm doing some coaching too, which is just, which is still working with kids, but just in a whole different aspect that I don't feel you know, like I'm, I guess, bogged down by teaching. So it's just different. I'm outside. I'm moving and I love being outside. I'm outside right now. Yes. <laughs> so we hear no, the birds I'm, chirping. Good. That's, that was great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually right, literally right downtown Columbus at the, you know, the state Capitol building because it's like one of my favorite places to be and it's a good place of reflection. So that's a lot of what I'm doing is just chilling, working out, reading, um, trying to just focus on myself a little bit more. Walking the dog a lot. I know you are. Is the cone <laughs> off? Is the cone off of her permanently? The now? cone is off now. I don't want to say permanently. She's clumsy. She'll probably hurt herself again. Oh no! But but the cone is off now. She can she can run around and rip and roar like she wants to. All right. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> All right. So let me say that I think that even talking to you, your energy and it's very clear why you're in teaching and what what you'll do to stay. But give sure. some advice, not to teachers. I want you to give advice mm. to principals out there Ooh. that have those young teachers in their building, um, that may have those young black men teaching in their building. Give advice to those teachers, to, I mean principals, yeah. to tell them why you're staying where you're staying and what you need. So, man, so why I'm staying where I'm staying is I feel like I have – the freedom to fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I it. mean, make the t-shirt. It's so, it's so big though. Yeah. Like, because people think that you have. Like, my first year in teaching, I got rated ineffective. Yeah. And I'm like, it's my first year teaching. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I did all the things. I did all the things you wanted me to do, and I tried them, and it just didn't work out that well because it just didn't work out that well. Right. Um. And it, and honestly, I'm happy that it happened because it helped me to shape how I want to teach my students. Like one of the first things I tell my students the first week of school is I want you to make a mistake. I want you to fail. And they look at me like I'm a crazy person. Right. And I'm like, how do you learn from perfection? And you don't. So I would urge principals um, or any leadership position in education, like let people mess up and help them in that. You brought them on for a reason. You didn't bring them on to be exactly like everyone else. You brought them on to bring in new blood. You brought them on to, you saw something in them don't squash it. Right. Right. <laughs> like don't squash that. Cause when you do that, you're making education exactly the same as it is. And it's not in the best state right now in America. No, it's not. No, I think that's really, really good advice. And I think autonomy is clear is, is like a, a really easy kind of piece of advice to give principals, but I know it's hard for a lot of them. It's why I left. I mean, I had another job offer. Yes. But my final year, there was no freedom to, sure. and for a 10 year teacher, a person who's been doing yeah. it for years, there was no freedom for me to do it my way at all. Um, right. And it really can, it really can kill a teacher very quickly. Um, yeah, that and micromanagement. Oh yeah. The spirit. I mean, that's what I mean. You drain the spirit out of people that are trying to do what's best and finding their way. Um, yes. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're teaching. Talk to people, tell them where they can follow you on Twitter. So give yeah. your handle. I'll put so, it in the show notes too. But Yeah, definitely. My, my, my Twitter handle is my name. 
Uh, it's Ira T. Cross. I think it's just Cross without the junior, but it could be Ira T. Cross or Ira T. No, Cross. No, I think junior. you're right. I think there's no I think junior. It's, I don't think there's a junior. I'm trying to step on my own, you know, get away from my dad's name. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and it's the same on Instagram too. So I, I use both of them pretty heavily. Um, and I love your my, Instagram I because do. I felt like, <laughs> I like your videos. I, I know you yeah. had like the push-up contest with your kids. Like, yes, so that was, <laughs> yes, I like seeing that. you in action. Yes, um, and I do a lot of stories too just because people love that quick instant access and it goes away. It's limited. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. Yeah, so definitely follow, follow Ira on Twitter. Follow Ira on Instagram. Thank you so much, my dear friend, um, yes, thank for you. being on the show. And um, and that's it. We did it. So, Yay. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to Okay, this is the Twitter roundup. This is the part of the show that I talk about things happening on Twitter, people to follow, and everything else in the Twitterverse. This week, I have one person for you to follow. Pran Patel is someone that I found a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. It could have been a, a month or two ago. Um, it's all a blur. But he is doing work out in the UK, and I stumbled upon his blog um, he writes a blog called theteacherist.com, and a lot of his work is called Decolonizing the Curriculum. He's actually doing an upcoming TED Talk on that. His work is so smart. His blogs are thought-provoking and interactive and have activities involved for you to do on your own with colleagues, with friends, with people in your circle in education that really make you think. He has started a Clear the Air branch out in the UK. It's called hashtag Clear the Air UK. Um, he is one to follow. I retweeted him the other day and asked everyone to follow him. If you are not following him, his handle on Twitter is at Mr. Pran, P-R-A-N Patel. Um, really an engaging man doing so much great work and he is my absolute favorite person on Twitter right now. In terms of other things happening on Twitter, I put together a thread on my page, um, I guess mildly bashing teachers pay teachers, but that wasn't the point. I put a thread together of free resources for teachers instead of teachers pay teachers. And we all know, are there good things on teachers pay teachers? Absolutely. Do I think if someone put time and energy and effort into work that they should be paid for it? Absolutely. But I think more often than not, we are seeing things coming out of teachers pay teachers that are not only not accurate, they're traumatizing and they're just not good work. They're not things that should be happening in schools. Um, and the verification process is sketchy to me. So having said that, I put together a thread and encourage teachers and educators and anyone else to tag free resources for teachers. The thread has so many amazing free resources, um, people to follow, organizations and nonprofits to follow, offering lesson plans and just so many things for teachers. Please check that out. I kept it. I kept it on the pinned tweet on my page at Mayor um, from New Jersey. It's incredible, and I'm really proud of the work. Another thing that's been pissing me off on Twitter lately 
And I did it. I remember when I got on Twitter a year ago, I really thought like the empty platitude tweets like kids deserve the best and provide safe space for kids and they'll do their best. I thought that's just how you were supposed to write tweets. And I wrote tweets like that. And I realized how ridiculously stupid those tweets are. I mean, I get if that's your thing and you like that chicken soup for the soul bullshit, but I don't know. There is work to be done. There are conversations to be had. And those tweets, not only are they common sense, but I just look at them as a waste of time. Again, these words are coming out of my mouth. That automatically makes it my opinion. So you can disagree with me, but that's my frustration lately on Twitter is the fucking nonsense that's out there and the amount of likes and retweets that the nonsense is getting. Ugh. Anyway, um, that's my spiel for today. Um, that's my person to follow at Mr. Prompatel. That's my things to notice on Twitter. Cultivate your timeline accordingly. Look at who you retweet. Look at your own timeline. Look at the diversity on your own timeline and the messages that you're sending. Um, and really look at what is my story and what what energy do I want? And what am I trying to do in education? There are so many people out there on Twitter that have made me better. I mean, and, and I think about who I was a month ago and two months ago, a year ago, and as I always say, five years ago, I am nothing like that person. I'm constantly evolving, constantly learning how to navigate this world and, and thinking through it all. I hope you do the same. I wish you well. Glad to be back in the game. It took me a little bit. I overthink these podcasts, but I love you all. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.